Up next, we break down the Pat Cantley-Bryson DeChambeau duel on Sunday at the BMW Championship. It's an awesome six-hole playoff. Entertaining, great scoring, drama with Bryson. You know, how much more could you actually ask for? We also preview the Tour Championship, the finale to the PGA Tour season. Who's going to win the FedEx Cup? Who's going to be the low 72? We handicap all of that. And I have to give a quick shout out and thank you to uh, my official sound guy, Josh Cross. He's been killing it lately. This is our fifth podcast in, I think, eight days that he is working on editing and piecing together. Um, so appreciate you, Josh. Uh, thanks for all your work. Shout out to you. All right. Welcome to your best bets. It is uh, the week of the tour championship. Finally, we've we've gotten to the end of the road. Uh, we started this podcast last October. Um, first event was the Fall Masters, and uh, it's it's we're coming to the end of the 2020-2021 super season. Uh, it's it's been a long ride, but here we are. And uh, we've had a epic BMW championship to talk about, specifically the six-hole playoff. Uh, here to, to break it all down once again, Johnny Strauser. Uh, Johnny, can you, uh, can you stop walking? Can I stop walking? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was quite the, I mean, I, I was a little t- taken back by that. Normally that, does, that stuff doesn't bother me, but... When what was that? That was probably what middle of the back nine when Bryson said that. <laughs> Jesus, uh, that was fourteen, and then Cantlay was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna take that personally and, and make a birdie," which he did after that. Yeah, I, I, I that was, I mean, for to to say that, you know, kind of just you yell across the fairway like that. That's that's some. <laughs> Take some stones, but that is that is very on brand for Bryson, is it not? I mean, that's just just completely oblivious to like being polite and like respectful and everything like that, just to say something like that. And Cantley, of course, is the perfect guy for you know just to kind of you know shake it off and everything like that. But you know, obviously yes. that hopefully that motivated him, and and what turned out to be just a really good finish to the seventy two hole event, and then that uh, that that awesome six hole playoff. Before we get into it, uh, it's you, we, we've already made it well known that you picked Cantley last week on the podcast. Is in your best bets. Uh, great pick! Congratulations on that pick. You had a really good week in your picks. Uh, you know, you had DJ top ten. You had uh, a couple head to heads that you won, mm-hmm. and obviously the the Cantley win, the top ten on Cantley. So, uh, very nice picks by you. Um, uh, Zach had a he had a winner as oh, Sanjay top ten, and uh, I just keep riding the Aaron Wise train. Uh, he got he got me a top twenty, and uh, it's two weeks in a row. The only bet I've hit is Aaron fucking Wise. So uh, go figure. Um, but Wise, yeah. uh, that is our fifth, and I went back and looked today. That's our fifth outright winner pick of the season. Um, which, when you think about it, it's pretty good in 20-some events. I, I would say we've done about 20, 25 of these. I didn't look. Um, but uh, we haven't had an outright winner pick since uh, JT at the Players. So it's been a it's been a second for sure. Yeah. Now, now we'll give – actually, I, if we're counting the, um, the Zurich, Dave did hit that one, uh, Belleville, when he was – We've got to count that, yeah. So that would be six, and he, he had uh, – he had Leishman and Cam Smith that week. So uh, you were on Cantley. I was not. I was on Bryson. Um, I know you had Bryson too, but a little bit more on Cantley. So I was I was full on Bryson. I did not do the professional hedge. I just let it ride. And uh, there were about three or four times where I felt really, really good about my spot. And um, and then when it didn't happen, I just had a feeling it was gonna it was gonna go the other way, which it finally did. Patrick Cantley was unreal. 
this week with a putter. Uh, historic. It was a historic week putting, and we'll get into the numbers later. Um, you know, Cantley is one of those guys that we always talk about that is really good at a lot of things, maybe not one great skill, but this week he he was lights out with a putter. Yeah, and I, I you know I remember saying it on the the last time we did the recording here is the reason why I was picking Patrick Cantley is because uh, the golf course, like we had said, is a big ballpark, um, and really there was an importance on on strokes gained tee to green. And you know you look at the the elite guys that that do that kind of stuff. Patrick Cantley is one of them, but. I did not expect the the out of this out of his mind out of this world putting performance those first couple of days and that was just you know it was like okay well you know the ball striking isn't there and and we've talked about it before uh, more so in the spring and everything is when guys are hit are making putts they're generally going to fall back to the field a little bit and and I know you weren't very confident that he would hold on and win I actually wasn't either I was. Uh, Looking to, I was hoping actually he would get at a nice uh, cash out number for me, which he was getting, getting kind of close. But as the as Sunday progressed, it was like you know what, he's not backing down from Bryson, and and Bryson was just doing some weird things on Sunday. With uh, he was putting um, anytime he got the chance, uh, wouldn't chip it out of the rough, and when 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 elite players like this. PGA Tour guys do this, especially the best of the best. Something's in their head like that. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe maybe Cantley can kind of hang on there, um, you know, and hit the ball just well enough. And and obviously he did. But the putting though was it had been one of the best seventy-two hole putting performances of all time, wasn't it? I mean, that's what I as far as like putts made and strokes gained and everything. I wasn't it near the top. Yeah, it it actually. Um... I, I just saw this before we went live. It, it actually was since I've started tracking this stat since 2004. It actually was the most strokes gained putting in, in a single week um, in strokes gained history. Uh, for almost 15, uh, which beats Kevin Na. Oh my god! He won the uh, he won the 19 Shriners with a 14.2. Um, yeah, you're right. The first two days. We were talking about this, you know, we're texting about Cantlay's sustainability. And, you know, we've, you see this every week. You see a guy that's on, right. on fire with the putter, and he's maybe in the top two or three. You look at the strokes gain. Oh, he's he's first in putting. He's 35th in, in ball striking. It can't. It's just not a sustainable method, usually on the PGA Tour. Um, and it, he, he really defied logic this week. Uh, his, I'm just looking at his strokes gained, you know, each category, you know, 1.2 T to green. Um, he lost strokes around the green. So the fact that he won with, I, I, I think I saw total T to green was 28th in the field is it's out of this world. Um, it just, you, you probably never, you probably never see that again, at least uh, it'll be a few years, you know, once every few years, that kind of thing. Um, the, the, the putting in the playoff and it really actually going back to the 16th hole, Bryson makes birdie. Cantley has like seven feet for par. It basically has to make that to stay one down. Makes it. Then he rinses it on the 71st hole. He looks dead, right? Um, and, and in fact, Bryson's live odds went to minus 1,000. And, and Cantley was at plus 3,000 to win. Mm. And I saw this today, Johnny. Some, some lucky sucker put $500 on Cantley at plus 3,000. When that was going on at seventeen and one fifteen grand, I mean, oh my god! Talk about the—that's like a lottery ticket. But he makes that what like an eight footer for for bogey and Bryson. You know, like you mentioned, the chipping got him there. That's when I had a feeling like ah, that that might come back to get him. And then and then he makes the twenty five footer on eighteen to to put it into playoff, and, and he just kept making putt after putt, and eventually you just felt like. I got to. I'm going to favor the guy that's making the putts, and that was Cantlay. And Bryson had two or three golden chances, and um, he just wasn't able to get it done. Bryson gains. I think I saw the most strokes gained off the tee since DJ at uh, Kapalua in 2018. Um, he drove it unbelievably this week, um, but his iron play had a lot to be desired, and and around the green, those two things seem to really cost him in the end. Yeah, 
the the driving um i watched a good a good portion of it uh especially on sunday but uh he just he he went after every drive and when you can swing that hard you know and, and you're you're picking up the tee before the ball apexes at the top of its flight i mean you, you that means you know where the ball's going you've got total control um he hit some iron shots though and i think paul azinger it could have been bones said during the telecast he hit a couple iron shots where he was like be good and he was 30, 40, 50 feet short of the hole. And, <laughs> I mean, it it almost had to have been sarcastic because you can't be that far off to think that, that you hit it there. So he did definitely had some issues with the irons. Um, you know, just that kind of – those kind of mannerisms and everything. It's like, okay, something's so, – something he, he is not right. He's not feeling it. And, and obviously the, the, the short game there, um, it, you know, was something left to be desired. He did hit it well that first day when he shot 60 – uh, was that Thursday or was that Friday? That was Friday, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was Friday. It's like okay, when he shot that sixty there. So he was, he, you know, he was hitting the uh, hitting the ball great all around, but just he he couldn't make putts, you know, kind of when he needed to there, and 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 slipped up and everything like that. But the driving though was just, you know, love or hate Bryson, you know, on, on how he acts over that. It was just, it's just amazing to see how he goes after it, can fly at 340 to 360 yards and hit a lot of fairways. And this golf course was perfect for him. You had mentioned in the podcast when we did it last that uh, you did like Bryce and you liked his number this week, which is why you said you bet on him. I actually did bet on him, like I, like you had said, in a, in a smaller number there, just because it was like, you know what, this, this golf course does kind of fit him. And he's kind of an all-or-nothing type of thing. You're really going to see him contend like this if he doesn't contend, it's he, he's going to fall quite a bit off there. But encouraging, though, in the fact that the driver, which he had been very critical of with uh, with Cobra Golf um, in the media there, um, to see him hit the ball, hit the driver this well, hopefully he can tighten up the irons and and uh, you know look to hope in a month or so when the when the uh, Ryder Cup starts that uh, he's going to be a factor because they're going to definitely need him. I just want to read off a couple stats uh, that that reflect the ridiculousness of how well these two guys played. Um, Cantley from ten to twenty feet this week. That's that's PJ Tour average make percentage is twenty five percent from that distance. He made sixty one percent from that range. Four, Fourteen for twenty three. That's insane. Bryson with the best score. Uh, to par in PJ Tour history for someone that did not win minus twenty seven. Can you imagine? Shooting that and not winning the golf tournament. I mean, that's, yeah, twenty-seven under par, and you're you're not winning. Uh, Bryson has made fifty-seven birdies the last two weeks, no wins. Um, I it's it, it really is crazy. And, and Bryson with eight eight strokes gained off the tee this week, nine strokes gained putting, and he doesn't win. But he lost strokes on approach and around the green, and he still was five ahead of third place. Uh, this tournament was bonkers. Um, there, it was so much back and forth. The playoff was great. Was this the tournament of the year in your mind? Was it the tournament of the year? It, you know, it's it's got to definitely be up there. I I don't like these these twenty plus under par finishes. I mean, I guess they all kind of do finish between like what 18 and 21 so i guess i can't say that but yeah as far as like the the head-to-head part was good but i wasn't in love with the golf course with them just i mean you you had to shoot 64 65 just to kind of keep up but i mean when you had these two we had two big names in cantlay and and bryson that were going you know going at it here it didn't really matter with the you know with the other guys that were chasing them that weren't going to end up catching them. So as far as like the back and forth and and like you'd said on the seventy first hole there the par three when Cantley puts it in the water there you think this thing is done and and he somehow is able to you know you know salvage a bogey and then um, you know end up getting in the playoff there um, and the playoff though the it's the best playoff. I can remember seeing in, in in the longest time. I mean, does any co- come to mind that are that were better than that? I mean, that I, I, was pretty damn good. 
no, it was it was pretty good. I mean, I guess travelers from this this summer, but this that was a lot of pars, and and this just had more drama. The I mean, and, and the I mean, like it or not, the Bryson element it, it adds it adds entertainment to the broadcast if he's not you know as opposed to if he's not in there it really does and he's such a lightning rod right now uh in the sport uh, you know people that aren't golf fans uh hardcore like us they they'll pay attention when when he's in the mix mm-hmm. and uh you know like him or not that's good for the game and and he is playing the role of the villain even though i i think both of us agree he he wants to be this beloved figure and he's gone about it a lot of wrong ways and and a lot of wrong ways and because people just want him people want to see him be a normal dude and he's gone the opposite route of that and now he's i don't know how he makes it back especially with all the brooksy stuff which by the way i don't know if you heard the the roger maltby story apparently he was verbally uh you know uh, i i guess you know getting on fans for for call for yelling out brooksy uh during the round i i, I was listening to uh, I, I heard about the one after the playoff and as he was walking off after he lost yeah and yeah. he dropped an f-bomb i kind of wish like I, I, I think I've said this before. I hate the Brooksy thing. I mean, it's it's so it's, it's so unoriginal and just poorly. I mean, the, the fans are showing how lack of you know their lack of not being creative at all. I I kind of wish Bryson would just punch him in the face. I mean, to be honest with you, and it's just they they could do better than this, and, and it's okay to kind of you know get on somebody like that, but they deserve every little bit coming from them, and unfortunately. Everybody's going to get mad at Bryson because he's the one who clapped back. But you know what? You're in that situation. You just shot 27 under par, you know, and then you battled in a playoff and, you know, you putted pretty poorly in the playoff there and, and lost. And then, you know, you got some, some, some drunk dude that's, that's giving you shit like that. So, you know, that's kind of distasteful, but he does bring a lot of it on himself. I mean, he, his, his kind of, his arrogance, I think his unintended arrogance there, um, He's the, you know, nothing is my fault. It's always the equipment. It's the weather. It's, uh, you know, anything else type of thing. And that that obviously rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and as it should. So, you know, he kind of, he brings it upon himself. And, and I love how he does it, though, because he gets people talking about him. And, and he's just, I don't know, he, he makes any golf tournament really interesting when he's in contention. You know, both in his golf game and, and then, you know, kind of how he behaves during it. So he'll probably learn at some point, just, you know, got to gotta calm down, you know, not really, you know, not get this wound up about stuff and, and people will stop caring. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna continue to incite him to get these reactions. And, you know, one of these days, like I said, I just just like one one punch and just that that's it you know or 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 get like steve williams on the bag or something Jesus. like that you know something like that just to just to make it like that i think that that, that offers something wouldn't it you're you're, ad, you're, you're advocating the full run our test uh, treatment for him uh <laughs> to, to go malice in the palace on someone here yeah uh, i mean i wouldn't I, mind i mean um i I was going to go the opposite round if he would actually, well, if he'd actually talk to the media, uh, he's on a boycott, but if he actually talked to the media and, and say, you know what, this, this has gotten to me and it's, it's, it's affected my golf. I wonder if he came out and said that and you know how it bothers him. It, maybe, maybe people would stop or, you know, maybe it would get worse. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the whole thing has gotten a little old and it's, it's just not, I don't know. It's, I'm kind of over it and I, I just want to see him out there playing golf and and if, if you don't want to root for him that's great you know if it when his ball you know goes in the water like it did a couple times on saturday if you want to kind of you know roar which by the way there's a huge roar on 13 saturday when he hit in the water i mean it was like oh man that was that was loud that's brutal uh, yeah it's tough that's a tough scene um real quick and you you already touched on it is this how we want our our fedex playoffs to be um, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is, but the the twenty seven under winning this week, twenty under. I, I think it was over twenty under winning last week. I mean, 
I get that it's an entertainment product, and the PGA Tour probably doesn't truly care, but I loved last year's BMW Championship when it felt like a U.S. Open when uh, three yeah, or Olympia four. Yeah, Fields. Yeah, three or four under one, and it was awesome on the weekend, and it was firm, and it was fast, and it was it, it, scoring was at a premium. And when you shot four under, you rocketed up the board, and like you said, if you're shooting sixty six this weekend, you almost lost shots. And that's I, I just for me, I, I I like at least some variety. I'd like maybe one of these courses to to play tougher, and and don't and I'll I'll get started on East Lake in a second. How they need to just get the hell out of there um, in, a, in a second, or at least have revolving tour championship sites. But I mean, to me, the playoffs in any other sport, it, it feels tougher, feels harder to win. Um, and I know it's not a apples to apples comparison with golf, but man, make one of these tournaments where it's like eight under, you know, wins or 10, even 10 under would feel a lot different. We haven't had a tournament in a long time on tour this season. Yeah, I 100% agree because once you finish the, uh, you know, once they finish the Open Championship, that's, you know, this is kind of the rest of the season here is to get to the uh, the Tour Championship. And, you know, I, you just, I don't know, guy finishing 27 under par, it feels, it, it, it kind of feels gimmicky because it's just like, and I don't want to discredit how those guys do because, I mean, to shoot 27 under par through 72 holes is incredible there. But you have a, a really good putting week or whatever, you know, you're it, it doesn't, I don't think this brings out, even though it, it almost kind of did this time, it doesn't generally bring out the best players. And you look at like like Olympia Fields last year when you had Rom and and DJ, also you know two of the elite players, but you know them battling just to stay under par there. And I think that's I, I would love to see the playoffs, you know you know be like that. I don't we don't need to see the TPC Boston, um, you know which yielded that really really crazy tournament to dj and right. and this year i mean I, I know they're trying to move it around they try to find these metropolitan areas that uh, to draw the fans out you know one last time before football season starts but i you know this is this if you want to call this the premier uh you know the pga tours kind of premier thing uh, you know other than the players championship you know shoot, guy shoot 27 under par getting the playoff is it's probably not the best way to go and i i I hope they kind of take a look at that and find stuff, you know, find these events where, you know, you're looking at maybe if you shoot double digits, you're, uh, you know, you're doing something. Because that, like I said, that generally brings out the uh, the best golfers and, and usually gets the best, most, uh, you know, stacked fields as far as the top of the leaderboard. I was just looking through the tournaments played this season, the most recent ones, and, and I think I – the, the toughest scoring I can go back to was the Palmetto Championship at Congaree. I, I think it was around 11 or 12 under that one. Uh, that's that's pretty sad. That I mean, that was early June. Uh, there, most of the tournaments since then have been around 20 under par. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and let me let me just let me add, add this, and just maybe you agree with me here. Is like right now in in August to it, leading into September, you get like generally you get the driest, hottest conditions where you can you can kind of control the golf course you can make it firm and fast and and, and like that i mean i know uh uh this course had a lot of rain because they're playing lift clean place for the first couple of days so right. so there was that but i think even if that course was playing f- firm and fast i think you still would have saw 20 plus under par there that was going to end up winning that so but i mean you look at these these old school golf courses that are tight with the thicker rough and with the dog legs and kind of neutralizing the distance you know you got the right, the, the perfect kind of weather for the time of year. You could definitely make a golf course play where that you know that eight to twelve under would win. And and I know that this this last course, Caves Valley, had uh, bent grass greens. It was it's been hot as hell, so they they had to keep enough water on them to to you know keep them alive. And I know that really softened up. So I get it. I get the whole thing. Um, you know, like you said, this this course was you know that's just not just not challenging for these mm-hmm. these players of today and uh 
that aside, it was a great it was a great finish. It was a great duel in the back nine. I guess that's all you can ask for from a viewing perspective, and it was probably going to be one of the most memorable events of this season. And uh, it, it gets us to the Tour Championship. Before we get there, last uh, last two minutes on the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, we feel pretty confident that 11 spots are spoken for. Cantlay got the last automatic bid. It pushes uh, Finau and Xander out of the automatic bid, but we're very confident they're going to get picked. That's eight. We're very confident Spieth gets a pick, and we feel reasonably confident Harris English and Daniel Berger get the 10th and 11th pick. Uh, so we're back to that 12th pick again. It, it feels like. It feels like a three for one potentially. We're talking about Scotty Shuffler, Webb Simpson, and maybe, maybe Mickelson, maybe Pat Reed. We just don't know. Um, I guess where Stricker's head is. Um, I think we both want to reiterate we're, we're much in favor of the Scheffler pick, and and even more in favor of just not going the Mickelson route for sure. Uh, yeah, and I think. I have a feeling Mickelson kind of took himself out of it, but the the thing with these these Ryder Cup picks is is you, get, you know you look at the captain and and Steve Stricker he he's kind of in in with the new younger guys, but he's also a little bit of the uh, you know the old school and you know when you had the uh, the previous captains that would pick you know guys that that didn't that. You know, didn't have experience, wouldn't pick those guys, and he wanted people who played in in previous events. So we'll see if that's what Stricker does. I don't think Berger and English are 100%. I think they're pretty close. For the sake of this argument, we'll just say that they are just because we don't want to go deep into it. We get, we'll have plenty of time to do that before the, uh, before the next one here. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think Scheffler... I'd feel good about. I know you. You really, really big on Sam Burns, and you've you've really talked me into into him with with how he's played. I mean, he's he's yeah. got he's got more of the, the a pretty good body of work there. What I think why Stricker won't pick him, and this is not why I wouldn't pick him, but why Stricker won't pick him is is his lack of uh, you know a whole lot of success in the major championships, and I think that carries a lot of weight. Is that's how you get your name in the golf media. You know, you get talked about quite a bit, and um, I'm not sure if Scheffler has had a ton more, but um, I, I think he's definitely seems uh, he's probably got the, there's an impression that he's got more experience there, and maybe he does by just a little bit. But I, I one thing I like about Sam Burns is he he would probably fit the golf course pretty well with being. Uh, good driver with a golf ball and a really good putter. Um, Scheffler's numbers, you know, tee to green are really, really good. Tends to struggle with the putter, although I, I think he's really improved this year. Um, yeah. And he's been able to, uh, when he gets it going, he could putt, he could putt great. Um, Webb Simpson is going to be a hard guy to keep off the team because he's kind of one of your, your glue guys. So you know you could pair him with anybody yeah. and he'd be fine. But his game really hasn't shown in the longest time here hasn't shown that he's, he's, you know, one of the, uh, the 12 best American players. So, you know, if it's, if I had to rank them, it's Scheffler one burns two, I, I guess web three and, uh, that's it. That's it. And, and maybe read four. I mean, honestly, I, I hope they don't even consider Phil Mickelson. I just, I, I think his time is his has come, and he just needs to be an assistant captain because they'll probably name him captain, or he should be named captain for the next one. And you know, yeah. you move on with him as a player. So, I mean, is there anybody else? I mean, or is that just kind of the? What, is so. that what you're thinking? I think that's. I think that's it. I think you know. I think Kokrak was if he had a, a reasonable last few weeks, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, he played. I think he finished top 15 this last week, but nothing that made made you go, wow. Um, and he hasn't been on the map the, the last month like he probably needed to be, even though I think he's a good course fit. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm convinced Burns probably won't be picked. I, I don't really get get it completely. I, you made some good points. I think Scheffler's just more of a known guy. 
Um, he has had some reasonable major performances. Um, their strokes gained from the last 100 rounds, 200 rounds are almost identical. Burns is a better putter. Scheffler's probably just, you know, more consistent all the way around, more consistent finishes. But Burns has these peaks and, you know, where he'll finish, you know, second, third, and he's got to win. Um, and obviously Scheffler doesn't have that yet, but I'm, I'm good with either one of them. I, I just really think I really want them to go with a younger player. And if it's one of those two, I would be extremely happy. And, and, you know, if they choose web for glue chemistry, I get that too. I sent you a message today that, uh, there was a tweet out there about, so, so let me get this straight now. Now can't, can hates Bryson. And Brooks still hates Bryson, and and Brooks and DJ may still not like each other. And if Reed makes it, everyone hates Reed, and Reed hates everyone. And we still got to try to win this Ryder Cup. Um, and we won't we won't go into it in too in depth. But there is some chemistry questions um, clearly that the U.S. is going to have to work around. Uh, with pairings, um, you know, you're still not a perfect fit on all these pairings, I don't believe. And uh, that might be part of Stricker's decision on, on who he picks here. Um, but we'll talk a lot about the Ryder Cup the week of and probably even the uh, the show before before that, um, once the, the, the team is set. Um, let's get to the Tour Championship this week. Um, I was already hammering East Lake. <laughs> I'm so bored by this golf course. I'm so bored watching this tournament. And I, I don't want to be, but the problem is with this, A, with a 30-player field, and B, with the handicap start the, the way they have it now. And, and by the way, there's probably not a better way. At least you know what the hell is going on on Saturday and Sunday. You don't have Steve Sands with the whiteboard, you know, doing points projections. I mean, that was that was awful and it was not fun to watch at least now you can go by the scoreboard and and figure out okay this is the guy that is you know got control of this thing or whatnot but east lake is just i'm just done with it um you know i after playing firestone after we played firestone a couple years ago i was like man this golf course is it's good but it's boring and every hole looks like the same i feel that way watching east lake um, I'd love to see a, you know, if they want to be in the southeast or something, great. You know, revolving door of of sites, um, you know, or it, and don't even limit it to the southeast. You know, just you know, how cool would it be to have the tour championship at at Oakmont one year, or um, you know, I mean, seriously, just let's let's have the tour go all out and you know make this like your your end of the year U.S. Open and have eight, 10 sites that the tour championship goes to, to end this end the FedEx cup. Um, that's my thought. What do you feel about Eastlake and just the tour ending at the same spot every year? Yeah. I mean, they, they had done it prior to the FedEx cup playoffs. So I can see why they, they want to kind of keep doing that thing, but yeah, Eastlake, it's a good golf course, but it is just like, it's there, there it's, it's, straightforward and for as a viewing you know for a viewing experience we know like what we would watch uh watch this event here it does it lacks the the character and uniqueness uh even the classic golf courses so so yeah i i mean it's it's challenging i mean they don't they don't shoot typically super low scores and yeah this is the last weekend uh you know last weekend here before the football season. So you've kind of got, you know, with the, besides the college football, you've got, you know, you kind of got a bigger audience here. So this later in the year, you can still play it in the South, but you can rotate it. I mean, how, how cool sometimes like what they do with the U S opens is to have it out at like Olympic club or, or even some of the newer California golf courses and have it at finish at 10 PM or 9 PM at night. I mean, having kind of a prime time, uh, finishing. I, I enjoy those when the U.S. Open does that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, move it around, move it to to the, these classic golf courses. Like uh, you know, you could do, you know, any of them. I mean, there's so many of them here, and it's just like the the one that the fact that they pick that um, yeah. is just I don't know. It's just it's getting like you said, it's getting old, and I think I think fans would really enjoy it if it did switch because it's there i don't see a ton of like historical historical significance i know it's where the course where bobby jones 
grew up playing and that's that's wonderful and i think coca-cola was a sponsor forever of that event so you know coca-cola being based in atlanta georgia it just it worked but go find these other places that you can go to because i think you could really showcase a a good golf course you got a you know a real fun late season 30 man uh field I, i i'm all for it i'm all for switching it East Lake really doesn't do much to me, do much for me there. It's it, it's a good course, but it just is kind of a snoozer. I like the idea of a tour championship out west. Uh, you know, Sunday night finish. How about let's go, let's go to Chambers Bay tour championship at Chambers Bay? Yes, let's go. Let's go back. It deserves another chance. Uh, I, I, maybe someday we'll get another U.S. Open, but. Uh, tour championship there would be pretty neat. Just something for entertainment value to really, you know, not not just the the drama for the FedEx Cup on who's going to win that, but also uh, for the golf course people that you know want to see a different golf course. Um, East Lake is you know par seventy, almost seventy four hundred yards. It's it's it is a challenging test, um, as as you mentioned. Usually, ball strikers is is the thing here uh especially i would say really really looking for strokes gained off the tee if you hit in the rough here you're you're in trouble uh, quite a bit um so those are the things i'm looking at this week and uh we've already mentioned the 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 handicap start uh cantley will start at 10 under so he'll have a two-shot lead over fino who won the first playoff event and then uh and then bryson at seven under and john rom at six under from a betting standpoint you can bet who's going to win the FedEx cup and the odds are going to be tilted toward those top four players. Um, you can bet, uh, you can bet this tournament without starting strokes. So who's going to have the low 72 holes. Do you have a strategy on which way you're going to bet? Are you going to bet who's going to win the tour? Basically who's going to win the FedEx cup? Or are you just, are you just looking at the low four rounds? Yeah, that, that's a real good thing that you've got to, if, if you're looking to bet into this tournament here, you got to figure out, how you want to do it. You know, you've got your, your quote unquote net championship, which is the FedEx cup. That's, that's with the starting strokes and you got your gross scores without it. Um, I personally have always, um, with the exception of, of the occasional bets of guys that maybe I like on the golf course or like for the golf course, I generally bet the net. So I bet who's going to win the FedEx cup, who's going to finish top five in the FedEx cup. Um, with the starting strokes, it, without the starting strokes, it's it's kind of a tough uh, it's a tough guess because some of these guys will play strategically based on where they start. So, like if uh, um, you know Cantley's the the leader, um, you may not want to to bet him like the without starting strokes because he's already got a two shot lead, so he's probably going to play it slightly different maybe a little bit more conservatively because he's got those those couple shots advantage not saying that he's gonna you know plan to lose by six to the you know to the eventual winner there but and then also i think most of the time the the guy who's won without strokes or at least the past couple years they've been fairly close to the top it hasn't been the top guy but uh um wasn't there a few guys who were i don't know probably six or seven back Ended up winning it by one or two, so they only moved up a few spots. So, you know, you got to definitely look at that. But I, I still, even though the odds are a little bit worse, I do like the uh, the overall FedEx Cup winner bets a little bit more. So this is the third year they've done this. Uh, last year, DJ was the leader going into the Tour Championship. He did close it out after starting two ahead. He was not the low seventy-two hole. Uh, score that was Xander, and then 2019, I think it was JT who came in with at the 10 under mark and and did not win. Uh, Rory, I think, was five or six under, so I think he was starting in fifth or sixth, and he was a few shots back, and he played great, and he um, he was a low 72 and ended up winning the the Tour Championship. Um, so. I think if you were to opt to use the strokes, you know that are set. I think, I think you could probably only really, you know, afford to bet one, one or two from the top. Um, you know, Rom's at plus three fifty. 
to me, I, I feel like this is set up for him. He hasn't had good weekends the last two tournaments. And I, I feel like, you know, maybe some fatigue set in. I, I'm not sure, but I think this golf course sets up really well for him. Cantley, again, his ball striking really worries me for a course like this where it's going to value that a little more. And he, there's just no way he can sustain that level of putting. Um, and same with Bryson. If he's if he's going to be missing off the tee, he, this isn't a great setup for him. So I, that's why I like Rahm to, to win the Tour Championship. And I think if you were wanting to have anyone else down the board um, with the strokes, I, you know, that's it's just going to be a lot tougher. You know, you could look at probably JT, DJ, or Rory um, from where they're starting, but they would have to go nuts, and um, they'd have to shoot. I don't know, probably four rounds in the 60s, and you know, you know, hopefully that's enough. But it's it's probably not likely that to me anyone outside that top four wins the the FedEx Cup. Totally agree there as far as that, yes. Now if you look at the odds, you got Rahm at plus three fifty, Cantley at plus four hundred, uh Bryson plus five fifty, Finau plus seven hundred, then you go to that fifth spot, which is Justin Thomas, uh sitting there at plus fourteen hundred. I mean that's a you know he go, they, we go from seven to one to fourteen to one, um, just going to that fifth guy there. And these guys are all really good. They're all really good at this point. This has been a long season and a half, and they're gonna they're looking forward to a couple week break before um, you know getting started with the Ryder Cup. So I, I expect them to finish strong this week. Um, yeah, you're not gonna get. I mean, I I, I don't want to have to eat my words here, but Justin Thomas. I th- what is he, five back? Six back? He is starting at four under, so he's six back. Four, six back. It's Justin Thomas. I, I just, I, he's, I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's got a chance. I think those top four guys, you find one, maybe two that you like, and, and you bet it. You're not going to get a huge return, but there's really only four guys that can win this event here. And Cantley, I don't, I mean, he putted out of his mind. Is he going to do this eight rounds in a row? Um, I, I, I'm not going to bet him at that short of a number. I know he's got the lead and everything. And then, you know, with, with Finau there, is can he kind of freewheel it there? So really I like the the, the three of the four in Rom, Bryson, and Finau. And, and Rom is really, really hard not to bet right now. I mean, he's, he, he's wanting to lock up that player of the year, and he's real close with Morikawa. Um, and I think if Rom Rom wins this, then then it's it's a done deal there. So I could uh, I have a real good feeling about that. And with that being said, since he's not starting with the lead, um, if you like him to win it, you bet, bet him at plus three fifty, and then there's a decent chance that he's going to win without the starting strokes as well because he he's probably the you know he's the best player there. So you can always bet him at plus three fifty and then double him up. Or get him at the uh, plus six hundred without the starter strokes, and that's probably what I'm going to do. And that might be one of my few win bets here, just because um, I feel pretty strongly about him. Don't love the odds, but with that, these advantages these guys get is going to be so, you know so nice. There, the only other guy I I strongly consider um, is is Bryson. I don't mind Finau, and I said yeah, he's got a chance to win because he did win a couple weeks ago. But, uh, but but Bryson, if he can just kind of sort out the, uh, the the irons and some of the short game stuff, you know, he drove it well enough to uh, uh, you know to end up winning and everything. It's just uh, he, you know he just ran into Cantley there. So that's kind of my thought on this: is there's not going to be any down the board winner, um, and who knows? I, you know, I, this this could be the first year that there is. But if you're not within a few few strokes of the lead there. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to overtake as many guys as you'd have to overtake that are, that are this good. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Rom at plus three fifty. I, I think I will bet him because I think I think if this you know this is my my classic scenario. If this is played ten times, what happens most of the time? And, and to me, it's Rom winning the Tour Championship. Um, 
at, at least a handful of times, and I think he's a great setup for this golf course. I will be placing one other bet on the Tour Championship with strokes, um, and and I know this goes against with it goes against what you just said, but I'm, I can't quit Rory at this golf course, and he is plus twenty five hundred. He is starting at minus two. That is eight shots back of Patrick Cantlay. That's a lot of shots. Um, now, he is starting four back of John Rahm. That's what I'm looking at. And in 2019, when Rory started the tournaments, um, he started at minus four, I believe, and he shot 66, 67, 68, 66. And he was 13 under. So, no, he started at minus five. He was 13 under uh, that tournament. Um, so, if he shoots something similar this week, uh, I think that would give him a, a chance to beat someone like Rom, or or if it's Fino or Bryson. So I still think Rory's really close. I was looking at his numbers. He's he gained ten strokes um, uh, this last week, four point seven off the tee, a little bit iffy with the approach, but he putted really well, which is not hugely common for Rory. So I'm going off of course history here, and I'm going off with what he did last week, and it seemed like he found something with his game. So I'll take the shot on Rory at plus 2,500 and pair it with Rob at plus 350. Who do you like here for uh, low 72 outside of Rob? Actually, Rory was going to be my guy at, for the uh, winner, winner without strokes because, yeah, he, he loves his golf course, or if he doesn't, then he yeah. just plays it amazingly well. I mean, he's had a lot of success here. Um, his numbers are trending. Um, he looked pretty good here, uh, uh, you know, for, for a while here. Hit, you know, how he's hitting the ball and uh, switched back to uh, putter he had been using uh, most of the summer and, and uh, you know, was hanging in there and then and fell off a little bit on the weekend there. But, I mean, he's he, he fits the golf course really well. And, and course history is going to be definitely on his side so he i was going to bet him winner uh without starting strokes at plus 1200 i may have to throw a little bit on that uh winner of the fedex cup because yeah you, you're right i mean you he would probably be the one guy that you're like yeah he could he could come from you know come from that far behind but he's got to beat rom by five shots i mean that's right. that's right. a task in itself doable but uh but it is you know, right. as good as Rom has been and everything like that, it, it, it's definitely a yeah, tall it's task. A big ask. So, it's a big so ask. He, I, you know him, and then I, let me look at the board one more time. It's uh, just I like while you're looking, I I I like Scotty Scheffler for for um, low seventy two at plus two thousand. He last year at this tournament, um, as I said, Xander was the low seventy two, and and Scheffler was actually right behind him. Um, second uh, that week. Again, we're talking about without the uh, without the handicap. So, I think Scheffler. What I saw last week, he was fifth in uh, approach last week. I think he's you know again he's going to play well this week because this is his last chance to make an impression for the Ryder Cup team. Um, so, that's that's my other pick for uh, uh, the guy for the low seventy two. Yeah, um, he that's a that's a good one as well, and, and yeah, getting those kind of odds on him uh, with that there. Um, I don't I don't want to say Justin Thomas because he just he always seems to fail us. But I used to love him in these no cut events. Um, you think a plus fourteen hundred is that is that a little too generous? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um... He's played the golf course fairly well, obviously, um, in the past. Um, I just I worry with him off the tee. Is is he doing enough? He 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 was in the positive last week. He gained four at Northern Trust. You know, I feel like with him, it's if he's not if he's not driving it well, he can really be off the map. It's the same way with his putting, oddly enough. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which he, he was he was losing strokes last week with the putter, but he hit it well. Uh, so I don't. He's I don't got he he's got a pretty good record. I think he's finished. I cut second. 
yeah twice three times or second and third something like that i know he's had he's had a good course history and i think uh I think that's got some value there. But, if you know, just looking at, you know, normally the guys that you look at, like a, a DJ, Xander, uh, Brooks, Spieth, I, 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 don't, I don't see much value in them because of, of really how they, they had been playing. Um, one guy I wanted to, and I'll just say his name just because he's been kind of in, in, in the news here with how he's played, is, is Cam Smith. You know, should have won that, could have won that first event there. The golf course was a little too big for him uh, last week here, but uh, as good of a putter that he is, if he can just kind of resume that good ball striking, he may have some value, and maybe not even in a in a win, but maybe if you can you know slip him into a a, a top five there. But uh, I, I think a good player is going to end up winning this. A, a, you know, a really really top end player. So there's not there's not going to be a whole lot of options, and I think my uh, you know, my bet, betting card uh, is going to be, you know, is going to reflect that with just not having a whole lot of picks here because I don't think there's there's a ton of deep down, you know, deep in the board value with the uh, winners without strokes. Even though there are some good numbers, I just, I don't see them beating a lot of the guys that are at the top of the board. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, DraftKings has, there, there's a nice little thing on here. They have a, a double chance, two chances to win the FedEx Cup, and, and then a, even a triple chance. They offer you three guys to win at certain uh, a certain number. Obviously, the you know, more of the favorites, it takes the number down. But if you were, you know, pretty sure it was going to be Rom or Bryson, you can bet that at plus 160. So that's, that's kind of a fun option to look at um, if you're not wanting to take your chance on one guy, but take take two of the top four and still get plus odds. That's kind of a nice option by DraftKings. Um, yeah, you're right. This is pretty straightforward. I think this is going to be a, a small card, and I'm, I, I'll probably go s- small with larger stakes and uh, hope it works out, and we'll finally have a week off next week. Uh, so this is it, Tour Championship. Uh Johnny, thanks for your thoughts. Um, and it's been a it's been a long season, but we're finally at the end here. Fifty week super season is what this was on the PGA Tour. Now we didn't do a an episode every week, but we did a lot of them. This is the fiftieth and final event uh, of this ca- uh, of this golf season here, and uh, it's been fun. And and uh, hopefully we can finish out here as winners because uh, finish that, get a week or two off, and. The next season starts right back up. Yeah, we'll be in Napa in two weeks. That's uh, that's a hell of a hell of a break, huh? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Wow. Uh, your best bets on Facebook and Instagram. We'll have our picks up Wednesday for the Tour Championship. Check them out there, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks for the next golf show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>